This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. The Bible says, be not deceived. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. All right, it's 4 p.m. on Wall Street. Do you know where your money is? Welcome to Financial Issues, where we align reality with truth. Conservative talk radio you can count on. Financial issues that you need to know. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. We will simply apply to government the common sense that we all use in our daily lives. Well, good morning. Welcome to Financial Issues. We are a stewardship ministry here to help you live a God-honoring life in your in the financial areas of your life. We encourage you to defund darkness by adopting a biblically responsible investment strategy. We also encourage you to fund the light by giving joyfully and generously. So one opportunity that we have to do that is the preborn campaign that we are participating in for the whole month of May. To give you a, a quick update, so far we've raised 43000 $43,000 for preborn ministries. Now that will buy 1,550 ultrasounds. There's also a generous donor who is going to buy uh, an ultrasound machine for every $5,600 that is raised. So, so far we've covered eight of those ultrasound machines. We can get up to 30. 30 is our goal. So we just encourage you to continue to uh, pray about it to give generously and joyfully because when a woman hears the heartbeat of her baby and sees the baby on the ultrasound machine, she is more likely to choose life, not only life for the baby, but she hears the message of the gospel and will um, likely choose eternal life for herself too. So if you're listening on a CSN station in the middle of the day, you're catching an abbreviated uh, version of this show. We are a live interactive call-in show um, that happens every weekday morning at 8 a.m. Central Time, 9 Eastern Time. Speaking of, our phone lines are open, so you can get your call queued up. The number is 610 363 1110. So we've got a lot to talk about today, so we hope that you'll stick with us. We're going to talk about the debt ceiling saga that is continuing, housing data, of course, signs of the time, the double-mindedness of our governing authorities. So let's jump right into the housing news that came out uh, here recently. So the NAHB Wells Fargo Housing Market Index in the United States rose by five points to 50 in May of 2023, easily beating expectations of 45. We also have home home builder sentiment going positive for the first time in almost a year. Builder confidence in the market for newly built single family homes rose five points to 50 in May, according to the NAHB. 
It's the fifth straight month of gains and the first reading of builder sentiment since July that was not negative. So uh, sentiment a year ago uh, in May of last year was at 69. So we're still down from where we are a year ago, but we're starting to um, come out of it a little bit. New listings in April were down nearly 22% year over year, according to Realtor.com. We talked about this just the other day. That has to do with the fact that interest rates got so low during COVID down into the 2% range for a 30-year mortgage, mortgage that one-third of homeowners refinance their mortgages to that low rate. So we have a situation now called the golden handcuffs. Most people are going to be very reluctant to sell their home and move to another home because of their very, very low interest rate. They're not, they don't want to trade in their uh, two and three quarters percent mortgage for a 6% mortgage. So they're more likely to stay where they are. Inventory is expected to stay low in the housing market because of that. And we're already at um, low inventory levels in the market. That's what's um, driven prices in real estate higher. Prices in real estate went about 40% higher during the pandemic. The 30-year mortgage rate that was reported this morning is at 6.57% versus the 6.48% that we saw last week. Well, anytime we see a rise in interest rates, we see a little bit of a loss in mortgage applications as people um, think that they'll just wait it out to try to get uh, a lower rate, um, thinking that rates will go down later. So mortgage applications dropped by 5.7%. If you look at the chart for mortgage applications for the last year, it kind of looks like a yo-yo. Um, every time uh, interest rates have bumped up and down, peaking out at about 7% last year, uh, I think it was in October, we're now around the 6.5% range. Um, I think that's going to improve by the end of this year as I expect that we'll see rates stabilize and maybe come down a little. I suspect that the Fed is going to, that inflation will be back down into the 3 to three to 4% range by the third or fourth quarter of this year. And the Fed will feel more comfortable in cutting those rates and mortgage rates should decline by, uh, should follow that trend. So building permits in the United States, that came out this morning. It actually declined by 1.5% to a seasonally adjusted rate of one6 416 million in April, according to a preliminary estimate. So that that seems like a little bit negative news um, in opposition to what I what I just reported. But this trend has been in place since the end of 2021, as the construction supply chain issues intensified and mortgage rates started to rise. So we see less people interested in um, getting into that home ownership market. Again, I don't know that we have totally bottomed out, but the long-term trend is that we need more houses. I mean, we have uh, this this uh, scenario of golden handcuffs where people are going to be reluctant to give up their low mortgage rate in exchange for a higher rate just to upgrade to a different type of house. But we also have a growing population. We have the uh, millennial generation that has left their parents' basements and are on the um, on the look for a, a home to start their own families. Congrats, and we have, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and we have Gen Z who is uh, a little bit more savvy uh, when it comes to financial things. Uh, according to some reports that I've read, they are uh, interested in home ownership at a much earlier age than the millennials were. 
So um, the U.S. is um, the housing market, I think, is going to continue to grow. I don't think that the next shoe to drop, if we do have a financial crisis, I don't think it will be caused by housing. We just have a situation here where we need more housing. So we will be adding a few, if you're a partner, we'll be adding a few new stocks to the buy list later today. You can check that out. I'll try to add some some commentary um, along with that. Now, you know, what we do with the buy list is that we're trying to give you plenty of options. So that doesn't mean that you need to buy every single thing that comes onto the buy list. You don't need to sell things when they come off of the buy list. Um, you know, that that typically puts them in a hold um, status. But, uh, and if, if you need to sell anything, we will send you out an alert to do that. So speaking of the partners, we do have a conference call scheduled for tomorrow at 10 o'clock central time, 11 Eastern time. You'll be able to get that information in the form of an alert. If you're a partner, you need to check your emails. If you don't get the alert, check your junk folder and just make sure that you have us added to your um, approved sender list. And if you still don't see it, Go and check your partnership. It could be paused if your credit card has expired or your method of payment has has failed for some reason. You can check and make sure that your partnership is still valid. Um, and you can find the information for the login to the partner conference call on the website on the partners tab. Now, if you're not a partner and you want to learn more about what this ministry is all about, go to financialissues.org slash join. If you become a partner now, you will be able to participate in that monthly conference call that, again, is happening tomorrow. Well, I hope that you're going to stick with us. We're up against a break here. And if you're listening in the midday on a CSN station, you're going to miss the next two segments of the show. But you can always find it by getting our phone app. Just go to your app store, whether you're Apple or Android, and download that. We're going to talk about the continuation of the debt ceiling saga when we come back. So don't go anywhere. You can get your call queued up. You'll be the first caller in the queue. 610-363-1110. Shipping can make or break a sale. So optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Financial Issues. We are here live today. Our phone lines are open. If you want to get your call queued up, you'll be our first caller. 610-363-1110. Also, if you're following along with us on social media, you can post comments and questions there. That helps to boost those algorithms and put us in front of more like-minded people. So we appreciate your interaction. You can also watch or listen on the website, financialissues.org. And if you're logged in there, you can um, be part of the interactive chat that's that's happening there. We'll get your comments and questions from those sources, too. Well, the debt ceiling saga continues this morning. Now, any business, any prudent business per- person or any prudent household manager, you know, we're all trusted to manage things um, by God. We're, we're given resources, each according to our own ability, and we're expected to be good stewards. Well, the basics of budgeting are looking at your income or your revenue, that's the inflows, and your spending or expenses. Well, in regards to revenue with the government, the government doesn't make money. They only appropriate money. They get the, They have the privilege of taxing us because we've given that to them as the citizens. And then they have the responsibility to decide how to spend that money. Now, there's a lot of disagreement about what the government should be spending money on. And I'm not going to go down that rabbit trail today. But the government so far this fiscal year, which, by the way, the government's fiscal year starts October 1st. So the government has brought in $2.99 trillion in taxes from uh, August, I'm sorry, October 1st of 2022 through the end of April of 23. Now that is a lot of money, but it's almost $300 billion less in taxes this year than last year. Well, many attribute that decrease in um, declines in the stock market. So capital gains taxes have decreased a lot. And that's what happens when you have an economy that is starting to flounder. When you have the market that goes down, you have um, the the rich and the wealthy. Um, and I say that tongue in cheek because not everybody that has a capital loss or a capital gain is considered to be wealthy. Um But you have one side of the government saying that the rich are not paying their fair share. Their taxes are down this year. Well, of course they are. That's because the market is down because of what's happening as a result of the fiscal irresponsibility of our government. Um, If you want to skip through, you know, cut to the chase and just get to the bottom line of it. Well, our 50-year average for tax collection uh, for the U.S. government is 17% of GDP. So the government collects and redistributes 17% of our total output as a country. That's what GDP is. Right now, that ratio is closer to 20% that the government is collecting in taxes. So let's look at the other side of the equation. Not really a problem in uh, the on the revenue side of this equation, but the other side of the equation, spending. Spending has historically been 21% of GDP, GDP again being the total output of our country. Now we are closer to 23.6% spending 
of G, of uh, GDP and well on our way to 25% because the government is not slowing down on what they're spending. And because of our $32 trillion debt balance right now, we will pay more in interest on the national debt in the next 10 years than we have paid in interest for the last 80 years. We cannot continue to spend more than we make. And Biden really believes that we just need a clean credit limit increase without any strings attached. So how many of you believe that you could just call up your credit card company because your your card is maxed out and ask for a credit limit increase, but say, oh, you know, by the way, I may consider not paying my bill in the future when I don't have enough money to pay for my my lattes or my my gym membership or um, get that new Tesla that I wanted. So, you know, I might not be able to pay the minimum on my credit card if I can't um, spend money on the other things that I want. But I just need you to increase my credit limit right now with no strings attached. You think that would work? Yet we have people in the government like AOC. She's warning of a backlash from the far left progressives if Biden compromises and actually negotiates with the Republicans on spending cuts. Because she says that this would be very destructive to our country. Well, Punchbowl News reported on Tuesday that McCarthy said he would not accept a deal that did not include strengthened work requirements on welfare programs like SNAP, even though, as Biden suggested on Twitter Monday, he would not accept legislation, including that provision. So really, these are the things that they're arguing about. These are the things that are not up for negotiation not requiring able-bodied people to go to work for some of the benefits that they're receiving? Well, Biden's response to Republicans' proposal that those receiving food assistance should have some work requirements, this is what he said. The House Republican wish list would put a million older adults at risk of losing their food assistance and going hungry. And rather than push Americans into poverty, we should reduce the deficit by making sure that the wealthy and large corporations pay their fair share in taxes. So who's right? Well, I think we go to absolute, the source of absolute truth to get the answer. We have to go to scripture. Second Thessalonians um, talks about the concept of if you don't work, you shall not eat those who are unwilling to work. Now, yes, there are some people in our country who are unable to work. And I think that the church should, you know, should help those people. But, and I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about the people who have the talents, the abilities and the skills to go to work, but who will not because they expect the government to continue to meet their needs. They are, they have made the government their idol Um, Rather than allowing God to take care of them and using the gifts and abilities that we've been given by God, um, when we do this, we are burying our talents. You know, that's what that's what uh, the parable of the talents talks about. It is not the government's job to take care of those who won't take care of themselves. It is the church's job to help those who cannot take care of themselves. In God's economy, we must use what God gives us to provide for those under our own roofs. That's a concept that we're going to um, continue to hammer on because it says in 1 Timothy 
Five, eight, anyone who does not provide for their relatives, especially for their own household, has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So why would we want to enable and encourage our brothers and sisters to live that kind of life by continuing to promote a situation of government assistance? So... You know, those are the kind of things that we talk about here at the ministry. We, we look to the scripture to give us wisdom, true wisdom on how to live life and, and to make sense of all of these arguments, because it can really make your head spin if you just listen to these politicians on both sides of the aisle. You know, they, they both have, uh, they're, they're very talented in spinning things and positioning things in a way that seems to make sense to someone who, who doesn't necessarily have a good foundation in truth. So we have to take all of these things to the scripture to find out what truth is and how we should be living and what we should be doing to know who's on the right side of the issue. Because the scripture says that those who are not for Jesus are against him. And we never want to be on the side of a holy, righteous, and on the wrong side of a holy, righteous, and just God. I know as far as it goes for me, I want to be in the shelter and the protection and on the right side of this spiritual battle that we're engaged in every day. So that's why we we recommend a biblically responsible investment strategy that you can find out more information on at financialissues.org. If you're a partner, make sure you catch the partner conference call that's coming up tomorrow, um, as long as well as some of the things that we're going to be adding to the partner side of the website there. Well, folks, I would just encourage you to check out. There's so many more things that you can check out on our website while you're there checking out the investment strategy because we want to help you balance your stewardship life. So it's not all stewardship is not all about money. Um, it's it's about stewarding well all of the things that we are given. So, you know, one way that you can do that is to check out Samaritan Ministries. That helps you be a good steward of your health care while you're there. Um, you can also be a good steward in the way of giving by contributing to our preborn campaign. We, we're in the midst of that. We've got a couple of more weeks. We have a lofty goal to meet, and we hope that you will consider joining us there. Just go to financialissues.org, click on that preborn banner, and you can uh, connect with them. If you give in another way, make sure that you mention that you're a part of the Financial Issues family so that Financial Issues gets that match as well. Here comes Craig. This Don't go away. Craig we'll be right back. With your Financial Issues Egg update for May 17th, well, the weather forecast looks favorable for planting progress and early crop development in much of the United States, with above normal temperatures and below normal precipitation for much of the Corn Belt. With the rapid planting pace that we are seeing, the path of least resistance for corn is currently to the downside. Yesterday, we had July futures closing down 11 and a quarter cents as they settled at $5.81 and one quarter cent per bushel. Favorable weather forecasts also pressured the soybean complex. Additionally, questions around Chinese economic conditions have overshadowed the soybean market recently, and news reports added to bearish price action yesterday. It feels like a lot of people are fighting this move lower, so it seems like it would be maybe a good time to remind everyone of the old adage that the market can be wrong longer than you can be solvent. Guys, if you got some beans to sell, don't fight this thing too hard. At the close, July soybean futures were 36 and 3 quarter cents lower at 13.64. 
Wheat prices, in theory, received some support from the hard red winter wheat tour and slow spring wheat planting progress. But yesterday, that was not enough to offset the downward pressure coming from corn and soybeans. At the close, Minneapolis July futures actually were up a little bit. They closed four and three quarter cents higher at 8.78. Kansas City was three cents lower at 8.95 and a quarter. Chicago futures were 13 and a quarter cents lower at 6.47 and a half. Cotton futures have made a nice little run lately. We had some more to the upside yesterday. We had July futures up 101 points at 83.38. Livestock futures were mixed. June live cattle were down 45 cents, $163.87 cents per hundredweight. August feeder cattle rose by 42.5 cents, closed out at $231.47 per hundred. And June lean hog futures were a dollar and a nickel higher at $87.20 per hundredweight. Class 3 milk futures now have a four-day losing streak going. Yesterday, we had the June futures close eight points lower at 16.33. Well, this has been Craig Haugard with your Financial Issues Egg Update. We'll be right back with more financial issues after this. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Securities offered through GA Repl and Company, a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor, member FINRA and SIPC. Opinions expressed by Shanna are hers alone and are for informational purposes only and do not necessarily represent those of GA Repl or the outlet on which you are listening. You should consider how the information applies to your situation prior to personally implementing it and consult any financial professional you work with to make sure it's applicable to your financial plan. Welcome back to Financial Issues. We are here live today. Our phone lines are open. If you want to get your call queued up, the number is 610-363-1110. Well, the markets closed in negative territory yesterday. The Dow was down around 1%. The S&P down about 6.4%. And the NASDAQ down um, 0.18%. The markets this morning have opened in positive territory. The headlines say on hopes of a debt ceiling deal. So I've uh, been listening to a lot of rhetoric back and forth about that. We talked about that 
probably a little bit too much in the last segment. So if you missed it, um, go back and listen. It was uh, some good information as we tell you what they're arguing about and then tell you what the scripture says about it. Because, you know, that's where we should go as Christians. We should go to the inerrant word of God when we have questions about what is right and wrong, because our human flesh tends toward evil. <laughs> so, and um, doing Shout whatever we want triple, to do. <laughs> triple amen to that. It's funny, Megan and I were talking this morning how, you know, our daughter Eloise is being disobedient. We didn't teach her how to do that. She knows how to do that. <laughs> she just knows because her heart's deceitful. It's so true. That comes pretty, pretty natural. Is yeah. she in that mind stage yet? Oh yeah. Especially yeah. with her little brother. She is not a fan of sharing things with him. Yep. 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 You know, I think you're right. All of that does come very natural yeah. to us. That's why we have to stay in the scriptures because um, what we what we see in the character of Jesus and the example of Jesus is so contrary to the way that our flesh um, triggers us to act. Amen. <laughs> so, Amen. Well, um, let's get to some calls right now. We have Al calling from Texas. Hi, Al. Hey, Al. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Uh, I don't often get to uh, listen to you alive, but I've been rebalancing my portfolio according to the income model, um, and I have a, a couple of questions. I do listen to your podcast whenever I can when I can't listen to you live, so I appreciate that. Uh, the first one has to do with FR20 and FP31. Uh, the first one is a preferred. The second one is a right, but they're both in that financial uh, preferred right category. Uh, the problem is the FR20 uh, has is not on your buy list. The FP2031 is on your buy list, uh, but because uh, somehow or another the FP31 is way overweighted in terms of percentage in my portfolio. The question is, even though FR20 is not on the buy list, it still has a very good yield uh, given my current price, even though the price is long. Will it be okay to uh, reallocate with between FD31 and FR20, even though FR20 is not on the buy list? The return is still very good. I would not sell one to go to the other. So if you're underweighted in that sector altogether, you could use some, uh, you could reallocate some of your resources from a sector that you're overweighted in to do that. But I would not sell one to go to the other. Okay. Um, there's uh, some that are not income, and I've looked at. They're no longer income. I guess they were at one time. Um, and a couple of them are not income but have, and have very, very low uh, return on it. But some, like E91, is no longer an income stock, uh, but it's got uh, about a 7% yield uh, based on what I paid for it. So I should keep that. But if the not-income stocks are very low yield, I should go ahead and reallocate those. It depends. Do you need any growth in your portfolio? About about how old are you? Uh, <laughs> I'm 76, but I'm a psychologist, and I'm still working. Um, and I plan to go on forever, but I'm very healthy, so I'm going to be around for a while. Are you spending the income that's being generated from your portfolio? Well, it's not a large portfolio, 
so the stuff that uh, that I get, I do have come into our, our home. We put into an account and use it for an emergency, but it's not a large amount. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, not every stock that is on the buy list or the broad list that is um, not highlighted blue doesn't mean that it doesn't pay a good income. So the things that are highlighted in blue are the things that pay good, consistent income over time. And those are the things that we want you to gravitate to first as you're building your income portfolio. However, you can still have stocks that are not blue in your in your portfolio. It's just they're not considered the kind of the foundational income stocks. So I think it's okay, you know, if, if you're not overweighted in that sector, which um, what I found is that many people have been overweighted in energy just because it's been one of, it, it was the best performing sector last year. So um, I think your question was, should you keep it? And as long as we have an issue to sell order on it, you should keep it. And it, it hasn't grown so much that it makes up too large of a percentage of your portfolio. So, you know, if it, if, if that one holding is more than, let's just say, 5% of your entire portfolio, then you should look at, at trimming back uh, some of that position. Okay, let me go back to the question, and then I'll let you go. I appreciate it. With the preferred and the right, uh, that's right at 5% um, uh, above where it should be. Uh, but the one that's the FP31 um is seven has gotten to be seven point six percent of my portfolio, um, and it's uh, it's once again that's why I was thinking about selling some of it and moving it to the FR twenty that has the higher yield. Well, if if the FP thirty one is seven percent of your portfolio, then you're over for that whole sector. So I would not move it there. If you're going to trim that position down to say five percent, you're still going to be overweighted, I believe, but uh, for that particular sector. But it needs to go somewhere else. If you're using the tracker, I would just take a, a look at uh, the output page. That's going to show you exactly which sector it needs to go to, and then you can start to look for an appropriate holding. To, to, to rebalance that part of the portfolio. Okay. Well, I'm going to rebalance according to what we've talked about, and when I have some more questions, I'll give you another call back. Sounds great. Thanks, Al. We Thanks, appreciate Al. your partnership. And, you know, that's what we're here for, folks, is to we put forth a strategy. We try to make it as simple as possible. We're doing a lot of work on the back end of the website to to try to make the presentation even more uh, reader and user friendly. But we put out those asset allocation models. We give you a great tool to use, which is a portfolio tracker where you can put all of your positions in there. It gives you a great printout. I don't even know how folks... Um, manage their own portfolios without that tracker. It's just a very crucial tool because there's lots of technology out there. But when I first started to follow this uh, financial issue strategy some uh, 10 years ago, I had trouble finding a tool that uh, I could use to really track how how well I was allocated and, you know, the things that um, that I needed to do for my clients. So I just kind of created my own. Well, the the tracker tool that we have now is very similar to the one that that I created and use. And it gives you a a straightforward, simple look at 
um, here's where you need to go so that you don't get hung up in those questions. It's just, you know, if you're over allocated in one particular sector, um, it's kind of a no-brainer. That means that you need to reduce your holdings there. Now, as you get into looking, and I think the thing that most partners find is when you start looking at the holdings in that, in that sector, it makes it a little bit tougher to decide what to get rid of because um, especially in a time when you're overweighted in a sector, that means that most things in that sector have done well. And it's very counterintuitive to try to sell something that has done well for you. Most people want to uh, look at their portfolio and see the things in red and think, oh, those are bad investments. I need to just get rid of those and keep the things that have done well. But I will tell you that um, investing is very cyclical in nature. I mean, if you look at the different sectors um, in the economy. And when I say sectors, I'm meaning things like, you know, energy sector, industrials, materials, staples, discretionary, utilities. Those are all sectors. Um, depending on the state of the economy, those sectors, some sectors do better under certain market conditions than others. But, you know, they kind of rotate through and you never know exactly. I mean, you, you can kind of look at history and say, well, under these conditions, these are the sectors that did better. But things happen all the time that change that. So we put forth a long-term strategy. We're not looking at um, we're not spending a lot of time looking at what's going to happen in the next three to six months. We're spending more time looking at what's going to happen in the next three, six and 10 years. We're looking at the trends in the economy. We're looking at, you know, how technology is changing the way that we do life. We look at, you know, what the what the trends in the in government are. We're looking at, you know, sources of how are we going to transition from, you know, this dirty fossil fuel dependence on energy that we have to clean energy. I mean, I believe that we need to be good stewards of the earth and we need to take care of it the best way that we can. We need to, you know, not intentionally pollute the earth and things like that. But God gave human beings dominion over the earth and he gave us the earth's resources to live life. And he gave us the intelligence to um, create things and to um, develop innovation that makes life more comfortable for us and more doable for us. So I think we have to balance that out. And those are the kind of things that we're looking for with our strategy. Well, don't go anywhere. We're going to come back with more financial issues and we're going to get to your comments, your questions, and look at some of the signs of the times. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The opinions and recommendations expressed on this program do not necessarily represent the opinions of the station or any of the program sponsors. Additionally, all products or services offered by the program sponsors may not be known by the program. 
Welcome back to Financial Issues. If you're listening on a CSN station in the middle of the day, you missed the middle of the show. So you can catch that if you do podcast on Apple or Spotify. You can catch us there. You can also go to our website, financialissues.org, where you can catch the 24-hour loop of the one-hour live program every day. Um, You can also find out more about our partnership. And uh, speaking of partnership, we have a partner conference called Tomorrow. So just go to financialissues.org, click on the resources or the partner tab and go to conference calls. You'll get the, the phone number to call in. You do have to be a partner to do that. And we welcome new partners um, on CSN for as little as $85 a year not a month, but a year, you can become a partner of this ministry. You can learn what it means to be a biblically responsible investor, adopting that kind of strategy where we screen out companies who are um, profiting from or contributing to an ungodly agenda in the areas of abortion, pornography, the LGBTQ plus agenda, human rights violation, and gambling. So if you have Christian values that are along those lines and you want to invest your money according to your values, you can check out our strategy. You can find out more. Now, if you're wondering if your investments are biblically responsible or not, you can go to our website, financialissues.org, and there is a screening tool that you can use. So you can see, you can uh, punch in the ticker symbol for your stock, your ETF, or your mutual fund, and find out if you are owning companies that do not align with your Christian values. Well, the markets this morning have opened in positive territory after down days uh, yesterday for all three of the indices. And the S&P and the Dow are up about a third of a percent, and the Nasdaq's up about a quarter of a percent. The market's being um, optimistic that we are going to reach a deal in this debt ceiling saga. Well, I talked a lot about that and what the scripture has to say about some of the debates that we're having at the government level. And if you want to know more about that, go back and catch the rest of the show on podcast or on the website. I don't think you're going to want to miss that. Well, um, oil is at $71.83 a barrel. Um, That comes, and I I saw some social comments. Let's do those social comments because I think my show notes are getting leaked out. Yeah, (laughs) sounds good. People, yeah, people know what you're going to say before you say it, Shanna. This is a great one from Chuck. He's saying, "I've I've read many articles on Biden replenishing the SPR. However, none mentioned if he's going to use American oil. So what country is he going to? Uh, to buy their oil? Good question. (laughs) Uh, That is a good question. You know, there is a process for buying the oil to refill it. Um, I don't know what all of those standards are. You know, we have to, when the Biden administration decided to drain our emergency reserve of oil because inflation was so high to try to get those oil prices down because, oh, we had an election coming and we needed to get those gas prices down. There were those little stickers on Every gas pump, at least where I live, that was Biden with his pointing his finger saying, I did that, pointing at the $5 price tag for gasoline (laughs) or more (laughs) in in some cases. So, you know, the election coming up, he 
he had to do something. So he drained 140 million barrels. Uh, actually, I think it was 180. It was, it was a lot. Anyway, we're below the half tank mark on our gas, uh, on our strategic oil reserve. China has been filling theirs up um, with Russian oil, <laughs> at cheap Russian oil because of the Western sanctions. Um, and it turns out that we actually sold some of our emergency reserve oil to China because they happen to be the highest bidder. So when the Biden administration made these plans to start draining the SPR, they said, you know, you know, this is the history of the SPR goes back to the oil embargo of the 70s when, you know, our our economy was really sent into a shock because of our dependence on foreign oil. So we started to keep a reserve here because we would be in a really big bind if we got into some uh, to some major war with another country that we happen to be dependent on for oil. And it seems more and more that the the places that we have traditionally bought oil, the, the OPEC countries, are becoming more and more friendly with China and Russia and less and less friendly with us, with um, Saudi Arabia actually agreeing to um, do some of their oil trades in the yuan in, uh, rather than the U.S. dollar. Um, so the Biden administration has announced plans to buy Three million dollars, uh, I mean, three million barrels of oil. Um, I saw an interview yesterday by Amos Hochstein, and I'm going to talk more about this the rest of the week because I've got to go back and um, check into some of the things that he said. But, you know, we sold oil when oil was at $95 a barrel. Um, now the Biden administration is saying, you know, we need to replenish some of that. And way back whenever they released that oil, they said that they were going to buy back oil when it got down into the 67 to $72 range. Well, I've been saying for uh, probably a month now, somebody needs to tell Biden that that oil got down into the mid 60s and lower 70s. And that's where it sits right now. So um, I'm glad that that's on the radar that we are going to start to do that. But it's yet to be seen where that oil is going to come from. Well, folks, we're here every day to bring to you a sign of the time because, you know, we really um, we really want us to know where we are. We want to create a sense of urgency that things in this world are getting worse. We're having, you know, birth pains. The, that's just what Jesus said would happen, that nation would rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, famines, earthquakes, persecution, um, and hatred because of the name of Jesus. And that we would you know, have all of this double mindedness, the love of many growing cold. And that's just what we see in the world all around us. So I've been really intrigued by what is happening uh, in the banking industry. You know, as we've seen some of these smaller regional banks fail, we've seen some of these large banks gobble up those assets, JP Morgan being one of them. JP Morgan now controls 10% of U.S. deposits after their acquisition of First Republic Bank earlier this month, or maybe at the end of last month. Um, this has been their pattern, you know, at, during the financial crisis or toward the end of the financial crisis, they bought up the Washington Mutual assets and the Bear Stearns assets, you know, catapulting them to 
one of the largest, if not the largest uh, banking institution in the United States. So now we get this news out that the U.S. government, uh, the U.S. Virgin Islands are suing J.P. Morgan because of their involvement or their what they say is their enabling of Jeffrey Epstein to continue uh, and to fund his human trafficking ring. So over the last couple of days, we saw a subpoena that has been trying to be served to Elon Musk regarding his involvement with J.P. Morgan. Um, I just I, I think it's really interesting that the U.S. government on one hand is suing uh, J.P. Morgan because of their um, involvement. They're saying that J.P. Morgan and their top officials knew what what Epstein was doing, and they refused to debank him. They refused to cut off access to his accounts. They refused to enable his uh, financial arm to fund those activities. Yet, the U.S. government is allowing uh, J.P. Morgan to pick up all of these deposits and assets, while they're also doing things like debanking organizations because of who their donors are. Isn't that what they refuse to do with Jeffrey Epstein? They refuse to defund his organization, but they uh, closed an account for the Alliance Defending Freedom. Um, and their response to that was that they were trying to prevent money laundering and illegal activities. So they asked the Alliance for uh, Defending Freedom to provide them a list of their donors and and things like that. Um, they closed the account after it was open only 24 days. So J.P. Morgan's response has been um, a little bit confusing as they're they're denying that they're, you know, they're saying that they're uh, welcome to, you know, all of these different religions and things like that. Yet um, here here's evidence that they've done things like this, not only to Alliance Defending Freedom, but to others. So here we have more wrong being called right, right being called wrong, all of this double mindedness that, that is just uh, running rampant. Well, you know how you can avoid double mindedness? You can search the scriptures. You can learn the scriptures. You can learn what Jesus says about the ways that we should be living. A great way that you can do that is by joining our weekly Bible study. Um, every Friday morning at 5.30 a.m. Central Time, 6.30 Eastern Time, Seth leads us in a Bible study. And Seth, do you want to tell everybody where you're going to be this Friday? Yes, I'd love to, Shanna, for sure. If you were with us last week, folks, we were hearing about the judgment of God. This is a little different. This week is more looking at the uh, persecution of the believers, particularly those who were in this congregation. So teaching us to look back uh, on our story and kind of how, you know, we came through coming to Christ and then undergoing persecution, how we can withstand it. It's going to be good. Hope you'll join us. It is. You know, we hear so much about persecution these days, and we just have to remember Jesus said it was coming. It's going to happen to us if it hasn't already. But we need to be a good steward of our testimony, and we need to trust that, that God is working all things out for our good. And we have to remember, time's getting short. Everything we have belongs to the Lord. There's going to be a test when the Master comes back. Let us help you be found a good and faithful steward investing biblically responsibly, and being about your father's business. Come back tomorrow, same time, same place. In the meantime, check us out, financialissues.org.
If we ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. Thank you for joining us. This has been an FISM production.